Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Of our broadcast over on the text line. How is it fatherlessness in the black community is never a topic of conversation among black leaders, the media, or the Democrats? The breakdown of our family is the biggest issue affecting our community. But somehow or another, we're to believe racism is the biggest issue. Really? My goodness, you've hit it on the head, haven't you? Vince, referring to (laughs) the person I mentioned in the story before the break, you misgendered him. I mean her. (laughs) You know Elon Musk posts mean tweets, right? Well, you hate him like you hate Trump. First off, you moron. I do not hate people. So there you go. Vince, we need to cease legitimizing this transgender nonsense. These people need serious psychological help. That's Al out of Simpsonville. Yeah. I'm going to talk more about this story coming up in a few minutes after a brief Transformation Tuesday. (laughs) I say brief, but it's very, very important stuff. I want to make a couple of points, though about this whole issue of gender and identity and all this other stuff again. And I've mentioned this before, but many of these issues come back to validation and people attempting to extort an identity out of other people. You are who you are. And the people around you, it's only vitally important for people around you to accept you as you are as you engage them, as you relate to them, but not demand anything out of them. No relationship is healthy when you are in a place of making demands upon that person. Do you hear me, ladies and gentlemen? You do not ever make demands. You appeal. You appeal. But that's not how this thing works. With the LGBTQ, RX, TUV, WXYZ, Mafia. Because that's what it is. You either do what we tell you, say it the way we want you to say it, or there will be hell to pay. This is the opposite of healthy engagement. This is not the way you do it. I've given this example somewhat before, but I'll give you a little more color on it. I have a friend I mentioned to you who is non-binary. Just saw him a few days ago. He and I have a mutual friend, and 
the mutual friend was over and this non-binary friend was coming over, who, by the way, is gay. And this guy cracks this up. He is absolutely hilarious. He, <laughs> he strung together a whole series of derogatory things of how people might describe him. I'm obviously not going to say these uh, things on the air because I value my job. <laughs> but basically, he was announcing his, his presence here and said, hey, this, this uh, blank, 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 blank is at your door. <laughs> Words like I said I would never use on the air. And this is what I so love about this person. Because he's real. And he doesn't make demands upon us to call him this or that or to whatever it is. See, and I think the reality is I don't care what you are. I don't care if you're black, white, male, female, gay, straight, pansexual, whatever that is, all these other things that people are coming up with. At the end of the day, and this is what I've in my libertarian views of encouraging people to do, be yourself and don't try to make people don't try to make people behave in a certain way to appease you and a good part of the time people are probably gonna love who you are but if you're a terrible person and you're going around and you have to make a circus of your appearance and your identity then nobody cares that's the point where, frankly, I check out. You know, uh, the reason my friend is my friend is because this is a joke. He's able to be himself and not worry about what I think of him. He's not trying to make me behave or conform in some way. And I think this is where most people are. People want to live their lives and mind their business. But what we've got are activists who are nonstop trying to compel people to do things that are against their will. This is not healthy. It just isn't. And it's ultimately not going to be effective at all. What else do we have here let me quickly get to the Transformation Tuesday item. I love this. This is very basic, and it's very important for the times in which we live, ladies and gentlemen. You know, we had someone earlier making reference to, you know, am I going to hate Donald Trump because, you know, am I going to hate Elon Musk because he puts out mean tweets? You know, the thing about uh, that I like about Elon Musk, Elon Musk doesn't waste time picking fights over unnecessary stuff. The things that I love about, he's he's very measured. I've not seen just nonsense coming out of Elon Musk. And granted, I don't read all of his tweets. But he's purposeful in what he communicates. And at the end of the day, relationally, seems to be a pretty gracious person. But this leads into the very short post on social media from my good friend, Dr. Steve Crosby. It's on peacemaking. Avoiding provocation where possible is not fear. 
Escalating every challenge to an all-or-nothing confrontation is not courage. Oh, my goodness. They are a lack of wisdom, a lack of relationship skills, a false dialectic dualism, and the standard modus operandi of every two-bit would-be tyrant, including Christian apocalyptic zealots. And he ends by saying, Blessed are peacemakers. Blessed are peacemakers. It's really very simple, ladies and gentlemen. And those of us who carry the banner of Christ, that's what we are called to do, to be peacemakers. So it is unconscionable to me how folks seem to be in mortal combat mode with every single solitary thing. You've heard the expression about picking your battles, and that's what's important. Pick your battles. And ultimately, my battles are not against flesh and blood. It's one thing to attack ideas. It's another thing to attack people. It's another thing altogether to just stir things up and get drawn into every silly, stupid thing that's out there. At the end of the day, I'm going to follow the way of peace. Where I fall short, I'm not saying I'm going to succeed all the time. But that's my goal. Blessed are the peacemakers. Coming up, we'll talk more about this Babylon Bee story as we continue. Stay with us. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. So earlier in the broadcast, we were talking about Elon Musk and how his pursuit of Twitter may have been accelerated by the story of Babylon B and their ban. 
He had a conversation with Seth Dillon, the CEO of the satire website Babylon B. He reached out to them to confirm, were you guys really suspended? Were you really suspended? And this was right before he, at least the information came out about him making some purchase of Twitter stock. I want you to hear from Seth Dillon, who is the brain behind Babylon B. This is another example of courage. Somebody taking a stand for what's right. I told you about the whole so-called Rachel Levine story. Basically, <laughs> identifying Rachel Levine as the man of the year. Now, what you get out of said Seth Dillon is not a person who is cowardly at all. This is a guy who's very courageous, and at the end of the day, defiant. Here is the defiant Seth Dillon. No, we're not. I mean, it's it's like asking us to say that two and two make five. And right. so we're, we're sitting there looking at this email that tells us in order to reinstate our account and get access to be able to tweet again, we've got to delete this tweet. Um, and the tweet's a joke. That's the first thing to get straight here is this is satire. It's just a joke. It's pretty harmless. Um, and it's certainly not hurting anybody. And this is a public official. You know, it's not like we're like uh, punching down at some downtrodden person. Um, so, you know, it's just a joke, and, and, and they're, they're asking us to basically bend the knee and say, we admit that this is hateful conduct. Please keep us on your platform. And we're not going to do that. And so we don't, we don't know where this ends. You know, there's an appeal process that we can go through, um, but we're not going to delete the tweet. Good for them. Not going to delete the tweet. And one of the things that's pointed out here, and I think many of you know, probably recognize this, that Twitter has a bent against conservatives. That's what this comes down to. So you don't really have a set of objective standards here. It's very subjective, which is one of the points raised here by Seth Dillon. What are the real standards here? What are they? Do we have that audio here? I mean, yeah, it's it, it's just not, it, it's one of these things where it's like, like I said, you know, the two plus two equals five thing. It's, a, it's, 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 most people see this for what it is. And it's one of these things where I think the majority of Americans are really on our side in this issue. It's not like we're some fringe group that has some outrageous yes. idea that nobody no. accepts. You know, this is the case where somebody is telling us, look, I, you know, they, it, it, the word was even used female, like females are referenced to your biological sex. That's not true. So no. uh, we don't believe that facts are hate speech, that speaking truth is hate speech. So we're willing to stay, I, at some point people have to stick by this, Tucker. People have to be willing to say, listen, if they want us to deny the truth in order to stay on this platform, then we speak the truth, make them, make them kick you off, you know, like make them boot you. Yeah. And it gets to the other question. Uh, I told you again, Babylon B, it's a parody site, ladies and gentlemen. It is a parody site. So Seth Dillon gets to the very, very pertinent question, which is, what can you joke about? That is the question. What can you joke about? Do we have that audio? 
I mean, yeah, it's it, it's just not. It's one of these things where it's like, like I said, you know, the two plus two equals five thing. It's 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 most people see this for what it is, and it's one of these things where I think the majority of Americans are really on our side in this um, issue. The um, the point that's being made here is that you know humor is under attack. Have we not seen this plenty of times? We've seen this plenty of times, ladies and gentlemen, where you you we've gotten to a point where if if we go through and start weeding through things that might offend somebody, we can't joke about anything anymore. This is not healthy for our society at all. Now, whether you find Babylon B funny or not is is really immaterial. Or whether you like them. But I think we need to be very concerned when we have government and when we have big business taking upon itself to censor speech. What are your thoughts on this? Are you a person who agrees with and stands with Seth Dillon? Is there anybody who wants to call into the program right now and say, hey, I really think this was over the top. They ought to apologize for the tweet, and they ought to take it down and go on about their business. What do you think, ladies and gentlemen? Other things we want to talk about closer to home, and we're going to use this call from Tony to transition into one of those subjects. Good morning. Welcome to the broadcast, Tony. Hey, uh, Vince. How you doing? All right, sir. Yeah, I was just uh, um, wanting to bring up to light uh, the gentleman that's uh, scheduled to be put to death in South Carolina, uh, April 29th. Uh, and we have a Supreme Court justice on the uh, South Carolina Supreme Court that said this guy uh, is on death row without a death row case. And what happened was he went into a convenience store, got into a fight with the clerk, and the clerk had a gun, and the clerk ended up dead. And this guy is on death row. So I thought maybe you could shine some light on that story and uh, – so he can help this guy get some clemency because he should not be on death row, as the Supreme Court justice said. Now, what's the reason for that? Your view now. Here's my question because I am I am not familiar with all the facts of this particular case. Uh, so there's no question that he killed this guy. Right. So what is your question? Are you against the death penalty? In general, what's your position? What's what? If you made your best oh, this, argument this, before this, the court, what is it? This guy is, is this guy is uh, facing a penalty uh, uh, that is that is um, what do you call it? That, that he shouldn't have to face. Um, um, and, um, and and so that that I, I'm not a lawyer or anything like that, but I know that uh, when you have a Supreme Court justice is saying that this guy should not, this is not a death death uh, a death penalty case then he shouldn't be on death row. And he's been on death row for 29 years. And so, and so... See, and like I said, can I, can I, can we back up just a moment? Because I, I'm, Tony, I'm trying to get you, I'm not trying to turn you into a lawyer. I'm trying to get you to argue a case, even an emotional case. And, not, and what's your best argument as to why this guy should not be executed for killing somebody doing his job? Because, First and foremost, he uh, he got into a fight with the clerk, and the clerk had a gun, and I'm, he took the gun and he killed the clerk. 
So, so if you're fighting over gun, and then, well, they didn't say it like that, but the clerk ended up dead. So, so therefore, to me, that's more of a manslaughter charge, uh, or or something okay. like that. Not a. Not, there not, you go. See that you've you've clarified that you've clarified that a little better. Um, I do appreciate your call. We're up against a hard break here, Tony. We'll talk more about this case and the uh, broader issue of executions in South Carolina. That's coming up. Stay with us. Before the break, we had a phone call from someone who was bringing up a subject that I was planning to address during the course of the broadcast today. That is a Supreme Court case. The South Carolina Supreme Court is now dealing with the case, a death penalty case. By the way, Bernie, if you can see if there's a source for this news conference that's going on, um, we'd like to listen to it once it begins. Um, this is a news conference on the New York City shooting, and um, we're, of course, eager to get some details about what has happened here. It looks like they have not started yet. When they do, Bernie, you can let me know, and uh, we'll try to listen in and see what new information they have. The case that's going on that I'm bringing to your attention in South Carolina is one involving Richard Moore, an upstate man sentenced to death for killing a convenience store employee in 1999. He was sentenced to death in 2001. He was convicted of murdering 42-year-old James Mahoney, a convenience store employee in Spartanburg County. Now, in the motion, Moore's attorney in Park calls for a review of the firing squad and its legality. Now, this is one of the big elements of this story. We now have the option of the firing squad again. This is really uh, very different. One perspective on this, they're going to come up with some sort of answer, either to stay pending further deliberations by the Supreme Court or further argument, or the fact that there's going to be a ruling and ultimately an appeal to the Supreme Court, there could be an issuance of a stay. It was last May the firing squad officially became an option for death penalty executions, joining the electric chair and lethal injection, which the state has not had in years. Lawmakers opted for a firing squad option in part the state hasn't been able to get lethal injection drugs. Over the weekend, the Roman Catholic Diocese of Charleston called the death penalty modern-day barbarism. The Catholic Church stands firmly in opposition to the Supreme Court decision and the use of the death penalty in South Carolina. Mr. Moore must choose his means of execution between the firing squad and electric chair. This is modern-day barbarism. That is the church's perspective on this. The tragedy caused by Mr. Moore's actions not justified by killing another human being. Justice not restored when another person is killed. Capital punishment along with abortion and euthanasia is an attack on the inviolability and fundamental dignity of human life. It's a position, again, taken by the Catholic Church on the subject of what happened in this particular case. This texture saying the clerk was doing his job. The man came and robbed the place, the clerk pulled out a gun, the man wrestled the gun away from him, the clerk pulled out another gun, they both shot each other. 
The man robbing got shot in the arm. The clerk got shot in the chest and was killed. That's the whole story. Vince, did the man try to rob the store and the clerk pulled the gun? He took it from him and shot him. If so, he's guilty of killing the clerk. And the punishment fits the crime. Some of the perspectives here on the text line. This texter saying, Vince, I disagree with your caller. The guy went into a gas station store, got into a fight, and shot the worker of the store. This is a strong death penalty case. My question is at what point would he consider a killing as a death penalty case? Perhaps he would consider Putin innocent of war crimes? (laughs) Mingling stories there. I, I have to tell you at this point, I continue to support the death penalty. I think it's unfortunate. Again, and you know, one of my frustrations about this entire matter is I I get frustrated with, especially when people bring up the fact that black folks are involved. I come back to the original question, why do we have to be on the wrong side of the law? Why are we continually defending people on the wrong side of the law? I don't understand that at all. And I'm not saying that injustice, if there's injustice after that, that we should ignore that. How about we try to encourage and prevent people from getting, doing something that's going to get the law involved in the first place? Don't rob stores. It's pretty basic stuff. This texture says, what next? The Republicans want to bring back the guillotine? Off with their head. (laughs) Why does it have to be Republicans? This texture also saying, I don't think we're barbaric enough. We need to bring back beheadings via guillotine. Make people really question whether a life is worth it. Ooh. This person's even worse. All for the firing squad. Shoot each leg first, then the privates. And then the heart. What's the firing squad for? Oh my gosh. You people scare me sometimes. Modern day barbarism is the crime wave being promulgated in most Democrat run cities in our country. Um, There is that to consider. Very good observation. That's where the barbarism is taking place especially when our young people are targets for crime, getting shot on the street. How can the Catholic Church take the position that they have, what even the Bible says, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death? Oh boy. I believe a great part of the world used to cut your hand off if you were a thief in the old days. How does that play off? What are the clerk's rights? Help me with this. What kind of Christian agrees with the death penalty? Uh, A thoughtful one? Just putting that out there. Maybe we can have a more extensive conversation, maybe even debate about this issue sometime. But I don't think it's a difficult one at all. 
Much more as we continue the broadcast. And as we mentioned, we'll keep you updated on the latest on the subway shooting in New York City. Stay with us. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program, the final stretch over on the text line. We have this on executions. As a Christian, what would Jesus do? Vince, I'm a Christian. If you walk in and plan a robbery with a gun and you kill to get money, money, he deserves to be executed. Give me the switch, I will throw it or trigger and I would pull it. He lost his rights when he committed a crime like he did. That is from Roger. Vince, nothing that's going on surprises me. If you're a Christian and believe the Bible, it shouldn't surprise you either. Revelation is being fulfilled. Wars and rumors of wars. Famine. What is right will be wrong. What is wrong will be right. Earthquakes. In diverse places, people need to get ready. Very interesting perspectives here on the text line. Time for us to take a look at the day in history. And we've got our friend Bernie, who is again answering questions for us. How are you doing today, Bernie? Vince, I'm doing great. And I have to say, I'm touching up on my presidential, you know, the years that they were served as president. Really? So, yes, I am. You have convinced me to do that so that I don't look like a complete idiot. <laughs> I, and I do a day in Bernie, history. Bernie, seriously, I am proud of you for that. Thank you. And 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 I'm going to take this opportunity not to address you, just you, Bernie, but just in general. Did you know that a lot of people, when they leave college, they never touch another book? Did you know that? I did not, but I can relate, honestly. Um, there are, and, and part of it is, you know, and unfortunately, our educational system is not really promoting a love of learning. You know, a love of learning to me is destroyed a good part of the time by grades and by other stuff, which is another subject for another day. I'll get off my soapbox <laughs> before I slip and fall and bust my rear end. So we go to the first of seven questions for you. All right. We begin in 1861. Confederate forces fire on Fort Sumter. This was the beginning of what in 1861? Fort Sumter. 1861. That's the key year. Your big clue as to what this was that started. Was It's not the Alamo, is it? Actually, this is the beginning of the Civil War. Oh. The Civil War. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, Vince. Goes for four years. You're fine. And you know what? We'll pick this up later. 1945. This president died in Georgia. Harry Truman sworn as president. The other hint is this is the longest-serving longest president in history. Vince, you got me on this the other day, and I remember what it is. It's Franklin Roosevelt, is it not? You are absolutely right. Or, yeah. Great. It's yeah. FDR. Passed away in Georgia. 1954, Bill Haley and his comments record his comments, comments record this song. And I'll give you a hint. The song is featured on a favorite show back from the 70s called Happy Days. Mm, 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 Probably before your time. 
I actually used to watch a little oh, bit of Happy Days. Let me let me back this up because uh, the song is featured, I think, on the show. I don't think it's the theme of it's the show. It's not the theme song. Mm. Hmm. It, I'm stumped. It's Rock Around the Clock. Oh, of the course. Song. Yes. Rock Around the Clock. Uh, 1955, are you familiar with Jonas Salk, who discovered the vaccine for, for this? Polio? Polio is absolutely right. Here we go. 1961. We have Soviet cosmonaut Yuri Gagarin became the first man to do this. To go in outer space? He went into space. You're absolutely right. 1963, this civil rights leader is arrested, and he wrote a letter from a Birmingham jail. Who was this most famous civil rights leader? Is this Martin Luther King Jr.? Martin Luther King Jr. Mm -hmm. is correct. You're on a roll. I am. 1981, this was launched for the very first time. Um, how should we characterize this? Uh, this was one of our reusable, uh, one of our reusable modes of transportation to get into space. How is that? And I've given you part of the answer in this. Reusable. Um, this may be before your time. The scary thing is... I'm actually, I'm actually not sure, Vince. What you it's got? It's the Space Shuttle Columbia. The Columbia. Space Shuttle Columbia. That was launched in, for the very first time, 1981. As you know, the Space Shuttle program is no more, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. We're going to go into the tales of the bizarre. Now, I want to be very clear here. I think it's absolutely sad that in this story, two people are dead. But uh, what drew my attention to the story is just absolutely bizarre. A woman in Washington City, Utah, she's in jail on two counts of DUI and two felony counts of automobile homicide. She killed two cyclists while driving down a highway. Well, despite failing field sobriety tests, Julie Ann Budge, she's 47 years old, she told reporters she swerved her Hyundai Genesis into the cyclists who were brothers in town from California to participate in a bike tour. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. She suddenly began defecating uncontrollably due to various medical issues. Oh my goodness. That is her story. Oh my goodness. She claimed the sudden leakage caused her to lose control of the car and she couldn't stop after crashing into the victims. She alleged she recently spent time on a fentanyl IV drip but here's the story from police. The police noted in a probable cause affidavit she received a former DUI conviction in 2015. She's also charged with two felony counts for failing to remain at the scene of an accident and a misdemeanor for reckless driving. How is that for bizarre? I was crapping all over myself, and that's why I couldn't stop the car. That's a, that's a first for me, Vince. I've actually never, I've never heard that. Oh, my gosh. What a crap story. That's all the time we've got. Thanks for joining us. Have yourselves a great day. Uh, Adios.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.